Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You are listening to Intuit from Vulture in New York Magazine. I'm your host, Sam Sanders. And this week, I'm joined by a voice many listeners may know. I think it's fair at this point to call you a friend of the show, author, comedian, wonderful Southerner, Zach Zimmerman. Hello. Yeehaw. How are you, Sam? Great to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Great to be here. (laughs) Great to be here, darling. How you been? You You don't call too much anymore? You don't call. Yeah, I know. I don't hear from you ever since you moved to the big big city. I don't want to cut into your Wheel of Fortune time at the end of the day, after the buffet. I know. I'm too dumb for Jeopardy. I only watch the Wheel of Fortune. When did we last have you on? You were last on for our year-ender, I believe. Year-end review. You uh, very boldly and correctly, I think, claimed that 2022 was mid, and I think we all sort of agreed. (laughs) And I've been reflecting on that, and I'm very optimistic for the summer. I think we have potential this summer to do some really amazing, great things as a culture, society, et cetera, et cetera. But we'll see. We'll see. Someone was telling me that we should all treat this summer as the summer of 2016, as in like the last summer before shit gets dark again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, okay. Yeah. Noted. Noted. I do think either later today or right now um, or two days ago when this airs, uh, we will have heard a candidate is running for office. So let's let's mm-hmm. uh, enjoy some queer oh, joy yeah. this summer. Get out their cheeks out. Have your hot girl summer because we might not be long for this world. Cheeks <laughs> out. Cheeks out. Sun, Whichever cheeks you please. Sunscreen on yeah, those that's cheeks. Right. That's right. <laughs> L- lather them up. <laughs> yes, yes. I want you to play the game with us this week. But first, if we had to sum up this week in entertainment, how would you sum things up? For me, it's just like, they're still striking. Like, that is the story. But what if, for you, what is it? I, I mean, the strike's definitely uh, top of mind for me. I just joined the Guild within the past year. And so I've been, you know, on, okay. on the picket lines. It's definitely wild to see the level of solidarity and support across, like, different unions. So it's not just, yes, the writers mm-hmm. are striking now, but you got SAG after joining in. There's been folks from, like, the Starbucks union, like, Amazon warehouse employees are, like, showing up. The kids are showing up. I love up. the MCU of strikers. <laughs> the MCU of unions. Yes. The Avengers. That's what's it gonna, what it's going to take to overthrow Thanos, the greedy, evil <laughs> CEOs of all these companies. David Zaslav is Thanos. Can we yes. say that? Let's say that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny because, like, in some ways it feels like the strike is fully at a standstill. But there are these little pieces of movement that I'm like, oh, that's something. So, like, for a while, there was talk that the Tonys might not happen because they couldn't get writers. But they found the solution. The Tonys can happen next month in spite of the strike. But they can't have a written script. Ooh. <laughs> As you have theater gay energy, I feel that from you. How are the, they going to do this? That that felt like a slur, ever so slightly. No. no. <laughs> 
<laughs> I I mean I me too I love though musical girl. theater but I mean do you want a musical theater person speaking extemporaneously I'm not sure sometimes the script <laughs> no, you matters don't. sometimes the script's helpful yeah because how much time do you right. got like if you leave these folks <laughs> to their own devices they're not leaving the yes. stage but I am I'm am glad it's going forward because that's just such a great ad for Broadway who you know needs support and love oh they to, need it uh, yeah I just saw the Britney Spears musical on uh, Saturday. Whoa, 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 stop. Is this breaking news? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it has, Wait. What's wild is it has nothing to do with Britney Spears except for all the songs are her songs. Does Toxic get some play in this musical? The evil stepmother sings Toxic <laughs> in this very, like, subtle, the lights go down and stem and say, oh, the taste of it. It's like a sultry... And there's yes, some yes. the lead, uh, Prince Charming, is played by Justin. I, I'm going to mispronounce his last name, Guarini from season one I of American him. Idol. Should have won. I still love Kelly, but wow. the vocals were there. The vocals were there. But yeah, that we're going to get starved of great, amazing entertainment if like yes. these execs don't open going. up their pockets. Although speaking of starved, some other strike news from this week. As a strike goes on. The bond companies that insure movies are beginning to pull out of projects, which means they can't happen if they're not insured. And this week we found out that a new Joaquin Phoenix and Rooney Mara project that was supposed to start shooting in Spain this month is on ice for now because the bond company is worried that SAG-AFTRA might also strike when their contract expires on June 30th. And part of me is like, oh, that's not good, but I just saw Bo is Afraid and I don't need more Joaquin Phoenix for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I was going to, I'm going to see it tonight, I think. Uh, is it, Pray. It's Pray. hard. Pray. Gird yourself. <laughs> it is three hours long, first and foremost. And then you get so confused, you can no longer follow the plot. So mm. you're just there watching the visual assault. And by the end, you're like, someone just please end this. And then it's got a really shitty, kind of awful ending. Oh, no. Enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> the feel-good <laughs> flick of the summer. That's right. I say we move on and play a fun game to make sense of the rest of this week of pop culture, shall we? I love a game. Let's play a game. Am I Am I against you? No, you're against yourself. <gasps> my, mm-hmm. my, my saboteur. Yeah. The final foe. Uh, it's very simple. I share a few stories from the week, and you just tell me if you're into them or not. At the end, I'll tell you if you... Beat yourself or lost to yourself based on how much they like your opinions. It's we'll figure it out. Hmm, interesting. First order of business: Are you into or not into the upcoming season and series finale of HBO now Max's Succession? It's on Sunday. It's happening. I'm into it because once it's all done, I can enjoy the final season on my own time. I tried to watch it in real time with the society, but you you miss a step and suddenly it's spoiled for you online. So I'm saving it until I'm in the right headspace and I can enjoy it all on my own. I feel bad coming out as like a, I made it through episode three and I was like, I'm going to let this ride this wave and I'm going to step back and then come to it. Post finale was three when the daddy died. Oh, yeah, shit. I, I said it. The spoiler alert. It's been a couple months. Yeah, I, I saw yeah, daddy yeah. died, and I was like, okay, I have to watch this. I'm I'm anti. I'm not into the renaming of Max that you mentioned. Oh yes, we will get to that in just a bit because okay. I have thoughts too. <laughs> but on the succession of it all, I do have to say, 
I like that show. I've always thought it functions better if you think of it as a sitcom and not a drama. Mm. Like, it's actually funny, and the stakes really don't change until Daddy died. So for me, it was always a sitcom, and you watch it for the laughs. But watching season four, my love for the show has been diminished just a little bit by the general craziness of diehard succession stands. They have become, dare I say, and I say it with love, a wee bit insufferable. <laughs> Maybe that's what I was reacting to, too. <laughs> it's like the same energy that people had at the peak of Game of Thrones. Mm, it's yes, like, I yes, get it. Yes. You like your show. You like your show. And that's great. And I like it, too. But, oof. And it doesn't, it, oh, there's a, so much media. I think whenever anything's finishing, people are like, oh, I got to get in every take or savor all of it. I'm sure we'll get like a spinoff of uh, one of these characters or something, unless they all like die in a fiery ball or something. I think that would be, that would, <laughs> that be, would bold. be amazing. Yeah. What do you want to happen at the end of Succession? Oh, I mean, the title suggests that you need to pay off. Someone needs to succeed, both in terms of leading this company. But I'd love, like, something ominous. I feel like it probably ends with Cousin Greg and Tom having some, like, chummy, like, sitting on the edge of the ocean, skipping a stone, and saying something like, oh, I think I'll write a novel. Like, I'd love someone to leave. I'd love, like, a Mad Men finale situation. Mm. They all go to Esalen and hug it out. Or Lost Style. We sort of realize it's this purgatory that we've all been placed in, and Logan comes back, and the estranged father, like, kisses his son. Wait, Logan faked his own death? Logan faked his own death. Did Ah! we see the body? Where's the body? Where's Where's the the body? body? I would put it past him, Mr. Roy. Um, <laughs> I love that. And Shiv, Let's do it. Shiv Let's needs do it. to kill someone, doesn't she, to pay off her name like a Shiv? Like, I feel like that oh, yeah. is, I'm waiting for right. that. Shiv has to Shiv somebody for Shiv this show has to end. Shiv. What do you want yeah. to happen? I want, I think the whole premise of the show is that none of these people are actually good, and that's the point. So it's going to end where, like, someone will win, but no one will be happy. I would love for at least one of the minor characters to just get to walk off in, into the sunset with a big old bag of money. Mm, like, mm. like, like, give Jerry a golden parachute. Jerry. Right? Yeah. She, like, I yeah. want her to just, like, win and, like, get away from all the nonsense. I'm totally okay with all the siblings still getting effed in the end. But the, I want Jerry to get something. The ending really does matter for the moral of what a show is saying. Like, ultimately. Like, what is the message you want us to have? Yeah, yeah. And it could go any number of ways right now. Yes. So while Succession is going to end this weekend probably on a high note, the company that makes the show is in a weird space. Uh, you alluded to it earlier. HBO is now known as Max. And apparently there are three confusing versions of this name, of this title at your disposal. They have Max Ad Light. Max ad free and Max ultimate ad free, and all of them sound like different kinds of menstrual pads. <laughs> TBH. I got a. How he- do we feel about this? I got a heavy flow of TV shows this month. <laughs> I got a light flow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very much not into it, and it speaks to just how out of touch the decision makers are at the streamers from uh, mm-hmm. regular folks just enjoying shows. I do think it sounds like all the changes over the past few years sound like. There's two dogs being reprimanded named HBO and Max. It's sort of like, (laughs) HBO, go. HBO, (laughs) now. HBO. Max? 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 Yeah, you know Max is the troublemaker, and HBO sort of was influenced by him. But (laughs) it's just so silly. (laughs) 
Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Next question. Zach, are you into or not into the very idea of the Cannes Film Festival? Can, however you say it, it happened this week. I always forget that it still happened, but it started last week. It's going on right now. There's things happening there. I'm into it in that at some point in my career, I feel like I'll be there and I don't want to be on record saying I'm not into it. Um, I'm not that into sort of the standing ovation of of it all. That sort of being this like symbol of how much we like to film, a five minute standing ovation. That's what I uh, call things in the bedroom, if you know what I mean. No, I don't. Uh, A two minute and 45 seconds sitting (laughs) ovation because I'm tired. <laughs> a sitting ovation. But uh yeah, I'm currently not into con because I wasn't invited. There you but go. I'm invited to con, I'll go to con. I'm pro con. Yeah. So there were a bunch of new films that premiered there. The new Indiana Jones premiered. It's starring Harrison Ford still and Phoebe Waller Bridge. Wes Anderson's new film, Asteroid City, premiered. Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon got a nine minute ovation uh there's a new sam levinson show called idol that premiered is starring the weekend and like johnny depp's daughter i think this is the same guy who made euphoria Mm. and there's others i mean there's so many movies i will say my favorite little con can factoid of this one uh jude law is in a new movie where he plays henry the eighth in this historical thriller called firebrand and to prepare for the role of henry the eighth he made himself a perfume that smells of blood, fecal matter, and sweat. Ooh! Because the character he plays, Henry VIII, was dealing with a rotting leg that stank so badly you could smell the rotting from three rooms away. So to really embody the character, he made himself nasty, stinky cologne. And he said of this, quote, I thought it would have a great impact if I smelled awful. It's reminding me of, is Santorum the <laughs> phrase Van yes. Savage gave to the unique yes. mixture of blood, uh, cum, and uh, poop, <laughs> or, uh-huh. and sweat? Um, wow. I, I don't need Jude to, Law was wearing Santorum. Yeah. I've never needed to seek out the ability to smell more poorly than <laughs> I already do, but I'm glad that Jude <laughs> suffers from, you know, perfect smells all the time. Yeah. Also, Santorum <laughs> is a perfect name for a little cologne. Centaurum by, uh, by, I, I'm, by Prada. <laughs> yes, yes. All I know is this year my mom wanted perfume for 
uh, Mother's Day and we sent her money and she was like, is that all? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, I guess I'll get the small version. <laughs> I was like, whoa, Patty Z. Or no, she said, I'll, I'll wait for it to go on sale. And I was like, wow, we dropped the ball this year. By Prada. Back to the con of it all. Have you ever clapped for five or seven minutes straight? Have I ever? These cheeks? No. Um, hey! <laughs> I don't I, I can't twerk. I've never tried. What's the longest I've ever... I'm trying to even think. Probably, maybe in church. Oh, I feel like whenever you're doing, like maybe at a graduation where it's like a slow burn or when everybody's, you know. No, I feel like I, I max out after like a minute or two. Last game question for you. Um, are you into or not into this recent trend of TikTokers turning Missy Elliott's Work It into a Broadway-style musical ballad? <gasps> I haven't even heard. I'm so disconnected from the zeitgeist. I haven't heard of this. Crazy, but we have the tape queued up. <gasps> We're going to let you hear it. If you got a big, let me search ya. And find out how hard I've got to work I thought I left acapella in college, Sam. Why has this come back to haunt me? I get it. The TikTok is, you know, young people, but I don't I don't need to hear acapella, do I? Wow, can I share my truth? It kind of moved me. <gasps> it, I was like, "This is am I about to am I about to cry?" It it, it very much felt like a B side from the musical Once. <laughs> <laughs> Take if they had this black people, <laughs> yes, yes. I cr- I cried once, probably once a month. Oh, so did I. Once a month. <laughs> there you go. Wait, can we supercut Glee style? This work it ballad <laughs> with falling slowly. Is it falling slowly? Is the song? If you want to weep, yeah, falling slowly. So you don't love it. Do you love it? Do you like it? I love it. I'll allow it. It feels at the same time a little, I don't want to say hack, but you can definitely take any kind of like uh, R&B or rap or uh, song and do it kind of in a ballad style and it'll be instantly kind of funny or charming. But maybe, I mean, maybe I should have listened more closely to the the emotions (laughs) behind this. I do love community coming together across the country digitally. That's kind of exciting that this is multiple people. Now what I want is a walk-on role for Missy Elliott in the musical once. Let's get, uh, what, David? Let's get Ju... I don't know the theater's name. Glenn Hansard. Glenn... (laughs) What other rap song do you think most deserves the Broadway musical ballad treatment? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, what's coming to mind? Oh, um... I don't know why Bare Naked Ladies just did. It's been... I love how when I say rap song, the first place you go is those Canadians. It's okay. It's okay. Wait, or um, no, no, no. There was one. Uh, the what would you do if your son was at home crying all on the bedroom floor because he's hungry? City high. I feel like that could be kind of pretty. 
What would you do? What would you do if your son Some was at home? home? Crying on... Wow. You have this... Crying on the floor. As my mom would say, Sam, you, you're, you're going to lead the choir in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to lead the choir in heaven. <laughs> so for you, this is just a good time, but for me, this is what I call life. Mm. We've reached the end of the game. Um, you probably already knew this before we started. I was going to give you a win regardless. <gasps> we're just so happy to have you back. Sam. You won. Oh. You won. We, and we need a win this summer. We need a win. Know. <laughs> I need a couple wins. We need so many wins. Listen, no matter what happens with succession, you have succeeded in <gasps> this game. And we salute you. Ooh. To the yes, max. Yes. Hey, this guy. I bet you're funny for a living. I bet that. No, barely, well, I'm breaking even at the, these days. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Zach, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk all about your book, which all of us over here at Vulture loved. Stay with us, okay? If you insist. Fox Creative. This is advertiser content from 26.2 Team Milk and their new docu-series, Running Sucks. Is running the worst? Yeah. Do you love it? Do you hate it? I hate it so much. <laughs> I hate it so freaking much. That you're a real runner now! I hate it. <laughs> I'm Abby Ayers, a 37-year-old mom from Utah who found herself running across the Manhattan Bridge in my first race ever. Running Sucks celebrates women who run and the running communities that carry them across the finish line. Running helped me in so many ways postpartum. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. For every person like you, I'm telling you you belong and I'm telling you you can do it. I never thought the words would leave my mouth, but yes, I'm planning on running a marathon. <laughs> Because, like, who would have thought? Watch Running Sucks at runningsuckstheseries.com and learn more about how Team Milk is helping women runners across the country conquer their next course. I'm so excited for this. I want to talk about your book right now. Is it hot in here? Or am I suffering for all eternity for the sins I committed on earth? One of the greatest book titles of all time, if I say so myself. Ooh, I, that's a pull quote. I'm, I'm stealing that. It's pretty good. Um, well, it tells... wasn't the original. Wait, what was the original? The original was, and on your right, fire and brimstone. Like this little tour through hell, which I kind of liked. And it got that reaction of silence. That you <laughs> <laughs> um, and then some other options. I had like, baptize me in ranch dressing as one. But, oh, I love that. But the publisher got really excited about this one because it is sort of very on brand for me, like playful, tongue in cheek, and then also like a little devastating at the same time. And the cover with the skull on fire just makes it such a good visual joke of like someone in hell being like, is it hot in here? Um, <laughs> yeah. but I'm, yeah. So I'm glad, no, it, I'm glad it resonated. Oh, yeah. How would you describe this book briefly for folks who haven't bought it and read it yet? To which I say, go buy this book and read it. Totally. I So I thought I was going to hell for the first 18 years of my life until I realized that there is no hell, and instead life is hell. 
And so it's a collection of humor pieces and essays about uh, family, my conservative family, uh, love, sort of stories about getting dumped on a plane or uh, sauna hookups, and work. <laughs> uh, work, my relationship with work. Um, so it sort of all just chronicles my journey from straight meat-eating Southern Baptist to the queer vegetarian atheist that I am now. Uh, and there's pieces that are real lighthearted and pieces that are a little darker. Um, and it's kind of a memoir and essays, but there really is a lot of variety in there. And so it's been fun to hear from people which essays spoke to them the most. And uh, I've learned not to read the goodreads.com reviews because um, oh. people will devastate you with just a meh. Damn. <laughs> That's all it takes. Yeah. You know, our our journeys are kind of similar. I grew up in a very strict evangelical Pentecostal black church. And I ended up leaving the church in adulthood and leaving Texas to just like go be gay. But the biggest difference between me and you, like you definitely stopped believing in God. I secretly, quietly never did. I kept like waiting hmm. to like feel like I would become an atheist. Still waiting. When did you know? When were you like, nah, I do not believe in this anymore? It was a, a slowish process, but definitely like when I was 18 and lost a friend of mine, and that kind of is a jarring moment to be like, oh, I kind of see why religion might come out of helping you deal with this pain. Like, it's And this was a friend you- of yours. He yes. was salutatorian to your valedictorian, and then he was in the Virginia Tech shooting, right? Yes, yeah. And killed so was, in that shooting, yeah. So it was sudden, it sort of forced me to make sense of, like, why would an all-loving, omniscient, all-knowing God sort of allow just, like, horrible crisis and tragedy and pain and violence to happen? Um, I was very angry towards Christianity for a long time, or my parents' particular brand. And now, as I'm, you know, in my 30s and starting to make sense of meaning in the world, I sort of do not come back to Christianity, but sort of surrender myself to being open that there's something in this life. They might be human-driven. I think our hearts are connected by strings we can't see, and sort of we can impact each other in surprising ways. I know, I'm in my uh, Marion Williamson era. Uh, Love it, love it, love it. But it's so surprising. Yeah, I feel like I had to reject it all pretty cleanly. Maybe your parents were more loving or... or you, Uh. You know, the thing that I got to after years of therapy was realizing, in general, our parents and our churches were doing what they thought was best, and they were trying the best they knew how. And in hindsight, I realized a lot of the homophobia in the church that I dealt with was them understanding that the world is not nice to black people, but it's really not nice to queer black people. And there was this weird sense of protection, I think, they felt through that. It obviously didn't work for me, and it doesn't work for anybody. But I can look back at all of that now and say, they were trying, and they they loved me. They loved me in their way, mm. you know? Yeah. No, it reminds me of my, my dad this past Thanksgiving kind of like yelled at all of us kind of unexpectedly. And I was having a call with him like, why why did you do that? And he's like, you're my child. Like, I have a fire in my belly for you. And I'm like, would you treat someone else like that? And he's like, no. And I'm like, can I opt out of this preferential treatment of love? (laughs) Yeah. When they love you harder, they can hurt you harder. Mm. And that is, woof. Yeah, totally. My dad uh, used to be a pastor bubbly, jovial, Baloo the Bear, who had this intense salvation experience when he was 13 that sort of informed how he chose to raise kids and uh, believe in the world himself. 
And my mom is a uh, a, a bottle blonde. She's a brunette, but lives her life yeah. as a blonde. She's been a server at Red Lobster for 40 years. She can talk to anybody. I've told stand-up about her that's done well on TikTok, and people will comment like, oh, my God, I worked with your mom 10 years ago. Or I had, her, I had her 20 years ago. I still remember her. Like, she's, I hope, one day to be as funny as she is. Um, but they're a fascinating pair introvert father, extroverted mother, nihilistic dad. And I think I'm in many ways the the child of both of them that I've slowly yeah. realized over time. My nephew's graduating a year early and my dad was like, mm-hmm. why do you want to rush into depression? And I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, that's where I get my sense of humor. Like that's, <laughs> that's where yeah. this came from. It has been yeah. nice in the past now that I'm beyond kind of like my anger at how I was raised. Yeah. One of the most exciting things that's happened over the past years for my dad's birthday, he said he wanted shoes, but he mm. also mentioned he wanted uh, that this Bob Ross painting kit, like he might get into that. Oh. And so I went off the script and didn't participate in the family gift. I sent him a Bob Ross painting kit, and he has been painting up a storm. Just I le- freaking love that. Landscape after landscape. And he's filling the house. He's like, I need more canvases. And I'm asking him, like, what does it feel like? I feel like he's expressing himself in a way he never did yeah. before. I don't want to give him, like, the George W. Bush treatment of, like, oh, you committed all these horrible <laughs> crimes, and now you're just a like, cute old man <laughs> painting watercolors. I was your Iraq. <laughs> I was your Iraq. <laughs> there were no WMDs, Dad. Uh, but it's been seeing my role now in their life being kind of like, oh, I see an interest of yours and I can help, you know, nurture it. It felt yeah. like I was parenting them for a moment. Like, uh, oh. Listen, that's how it always goes. Yeah. yeah. Have they read the book? Do you want them to read the book? What is their reaction? If so, tell me. Mom has read the book and she said uh, that she could have skimmed the sex stories, that she didn't need to read all of that. <laughs> oh, the sauna threesome? She could have skipped <laughs> yeah. that chapter? Okay. So, so I'm learning, you know, maybe you don't have to, but I do want her to, I don't know, it's part of my truth. We've been fortunate, her and I, that I feel like our relationship gets stronger when I perform our relationship or like write a piece. Hmm. And then dad, yeah. God, I hope dad doesn't read it. He is... Uh, <laughs> He's sensitive like me that I could see, like, just calling him a bear or saying, like, he had a beard or something. I could see the wrong thing, like, hurting him unexpectedly. So I'm I'm optimistic that all he reads is the Bible. Um, And so so in that way— You are the first gay child who has told their dad to keep on reading the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) No, Dad, stay right there. Stay right there. That's the only book you need. Before I let you go, what of the more hilarious lines of the book that I've ever read in my life was when you write, fuck, Mary kill, Adam, Eve, or Satan? So we're going to close there. You wrote it. What is the answer? Oh, no, I have to answer it. All right, let me think Mm -hmm. this through. I'm writing it down. Fuck, Mary kill, Adam, Eve, Satan. I feel like that's a good line. Like, I'll fuck Adam, marry Eve, and kill Satan. Mm. Eve is pursuing knowledge. That's someone you want, you know, day to day. I'm fucking Adam because, you know, he's a little hottie. Hottie with a body. And mm-hmm. then uh, kill Satan because Satan will just keep coming back and back and back. And so we can hurt. Let me take. I feel like, no, did I get that <laughs> wrong? I'm like, should I take this again? Fuck, marry, kill. 
Uh, Adam, Eve, or Satan. No one should marry Eve because she needs no man or woman Ooh. or they or them. She, Eve is too good for all of us. So I have to kill Eve or fuck Let Eve? Let Eve just get the machete in the garden and kill Adam and Satan. Take them out, girl. Oh, Eve, do it. I, I don't mind that. Eve needs to kill Bill on these people. <laughs> she was wronged. She was wronged. <laughs> she really was. Zach, I mean this when I say it. Your book was just a joy to devour, and it really spoke to me in some deep and fulfilling ways. So thank you for writing it, and thank you for talking about it with me. Oh, Sam, that means the world. Thank you so much for having me on. Of course. Of course. The book is called Is It Hot in Here? Or Am I Suffering for All Eternity for the Sins I Committed on Earth? Zach Zimmerman is his name. Comedy and writing is his game. And would you say, Go Sam, find him. would you say, Sam, in regards to this book, that maybe you're into it? I am into the book. Into it. Yes. Ding, yeah. Ding, ding. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Final question for the game. Are you into the book? I'm into the book. <laughs> Will you briefly tell Janae and Jordana and possibly our listeners the story of the other author, Zach Zimmerman? (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. I have it. I'm going to release it on, uh, I think, YouTube or TikTok soon. But in short, as a narcissist, I Google myself on occasion. And I'm aware of all the other Zach Zimmermans in the world. And there is a Zach Zimmerman who's the fictional character of a self-published novel called Wet Goddess by Malcolm J. Brenner. Um, I actually, <laughs> I have it within reach, unfortunately. Um, and so I bought this book online, being like, okay, what, what does Zach Zimmerman do in this story? The opening line, Zach Zimmerman fucks a dolphin. Zach Zimmerman has sex with a with a porpoise or mammal or whatever a dolphin is. And it's it's fiction, but... The author says it's inspired by true events. And, and where is this author based? Florida. We all know. We all know. Malcolm's down there in Florida. Hey, listeners, show is almost done, but we cannot end this episode without spending at least a few minutes to honor Miss Tina Turner. So if you'll bear with me... A small tribute. Tina Turner, more than most other pop stars, lived multiple lives. You know her story. I don't need to retell it for you. But I will tell you that of all the eras of Tina Turner, my favorite one came later in her life. After her comeback and private dancer, after what's love got to do with it, after all that, Tina reached this phase in her career where she just kept going. She kept touring. She kept making music. She remained a force. And in the 90s, she began to go on Oprah's show a lot. It's Tina Day! At first, Oprah's show followed Tina's Wildest Dreams tour. And then they became friends. And I'm telling you, it was so fun to watch. I decided right then and there, we had not even done the show. I said, when she finishes the show, wherever she's going, that's where I want to go. One time, Oprah interviewed Tina and her husband. Another time, during the height of ABC's Desperate Housewives, Felicity Huffman got to backup dance for Tina 
on the show. Seriously. But there was one appearance that I have never, ever forgotten. Tina Turner surprised Oprah with a song for Oprah's 50th birthday. John Travolta, of all people, introduced her. Okay. Now, this next surprise and gift flew all the way in from Switzerland. Switzerland. To tell you something, that you are simply the best. And then Tina descends from this lit-up staircase that literally comes down from the ceiling, landing in fog, pumped onto the floor. She walks over to Oprah, this perfect dance walk, and then she hugs her. And the dancers come out, and then Tina begins to sing. And at this point, you realize Tina Turner is probably one of the oldest people there, but she seems like the youngest. So she's doing the song, and then at the saxophone solo, Tina just starts to outdance her own backup dancers. The wig is bouncing. I know it's not scientifically possible, but I swear, her legs are moving faster than the speed of sound. Tina is smiling with the reddest lip you've ever seen, and she's almost levitating at the height of her powers decades into her career. And you realize this is Oprah's birthday, but it's Tina's party. I think I will try to remember Tina this way. Almost ageless, approaching something that feels eternal, having overcome so much over and over and over again. What I love about Tina Turner was that she was always finding her way to a place where her art and her craft and her voice might bring you and even Oprah unbridled joy. What a gift she was to all of us. So in this video of Tina singing for Oprah's 50th, there's this moment where Tina brings Oprah onto the stage and kind of prompts Oprah to dance. Oprah starts dancing. It is pretty horrible, but it's cute. I think I will spend a lot of time this weekend playing Tina Turner, perfecting my terrible little Oprah dance, imagining that I'm dancing right next to Miss Turner, too. If you are so inclined, I would encourage you, dear listener, to do the same. What better way to honor all that Tina Turner represents than to keep dancing? All right, Intuit is hosted by me, Sam Sanders. The show is produced by Janae West, Travis Larchuk, Gabby Grossman, Jelani Carter, and Taka Zen. 
Our fearless editor is Jordana Hochman. Our engineer is Daniel Turek. Our music is composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. And the executive producer of audio at Vox Media is Nishat Kurwa. All right, listeners, we are back next Tuesday with a brand new episode. Till then, be good to yourselves. All right, bye. Why do you run? Why does anyone? I always thought that runners loved running, and that's not the case. Most runners hate running, (laughs) but they choose to do it. In the new docu-series Running Sucks, brought to you by Team Milk, Abby Ayers learns why women runners everywhere are driven to go the distance. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. Team Milk is about fueling women's performance and helping them along their marathon journeys. You can sign up now for the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon taking place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16th, 2024. Learn more and register at everywomansmarathon.com.